The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the new Leaving Cert sex education curriculum is set to normalise lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and other LGBTQ identities, relationships, and families rather than marginalising them in standalone lessons. Radical changes to social, personal and health education, that's SBHE, and relationships and sexuality education, RSE, have been set out in proposals from the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, the NCAA. Hope you're following all of this. Um, you're wondering, though, will uh, all of this change be integrated you know, seamlessly into the curriculum or will it give rise to culture wars, so-called? I'm joined by columnist with the Irish Times, Jan Hogan, and Ainthu spokesperson on education and assistant principal at St. Munchens College in Limerick, Eric Nelligan. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, we'll, we'll go to you, Eric, first of all. Um, a bit of a challenge, I would suspect, for principals and assistant principals like yourself. Yes, it, it, look, we, we, we're in schools, we're very cognizant that society is changing. And in schools, I think most schools are doing a very good job um, mo- bring, moving along the, the young people we teach and young people we engage with towards what society wants. But I suppose what we need to be careful of is that we don't go too fast. And if we do start to move, that we don't let people behind. Because as you mentioned in your introduction there, um, the culture wars have hit Ireland. We might be 10 or 15 years behind America, but we can see what's happening in America and across England and places like that. And it's not somewhere we want to go. So we need to be very careful that when changes happen, that they're done by consent with the, with the involvement of all the school communities. That, so whether that's the parents, the teachers, the pupils, the whole school community, the, the local area. We, mm. we want to bring everyone involved in it. So, so it, it's something, and I think a lot of schools are very good at this now. Some people obviously won't be happy we're not moving fast enough some people will think we're moving too fast but generally teachers i find Mm. are quite good at um being able to read the minds of their students being delivered the content in the way that they feel is appropriate and um, and when we can do that everyone will be happy so the fear i would have is that this process could be hijacked by people that aren't actively involved in schools and it could be used to push an ideology in one direction or another yeah. Um, obviously, there might be people who say, I don't want my kid to be taught this, that or the other. Um, and you know, how will that work? Oh, look, look, there will be. Let, let's be clear, Pat, here. There will be parents, there will be students who will not be happy with whatever we do. So there'll be, there'll be some, like, look, we know that many members of the, the, the new communities in Ireland may be those that have come from a Muslim background or, or people that are coming from different ethnic, ethnic groups. They mightn't quite be it. They mightn't quite view society in the same terms that, that Western people do. And they would be, they could be quite put out by some of the aspects mm. here. But I suppose we're talking in a vacuum at the moment because at the moment we don't actually know what's coming on. So hopefully whatever is developed if, and if it's introduced or when it's introduced, it will be done with, like I said, for me, the key is to get teachers involved because we see far too often in education, and, and I'm broadening out a small bit here, but we see far too often in education that things are implemented from above. And next thing then, when it gets down to the ground, when the teachers actually do it in real life, we can see the flaws. And the teachers often see these flaws in advance, but we're not listened to. So hopefully um, this will be done with the teachers as guides, as opposed to NGOs or third level institutes who kind of have maybe different values and different uh, different mm-hmm. ideas on where education needs to go. Now, uh, Jen Hogan, columnist of the Irish Times and a parent of um, kids in school. Um, so, Jen, what do you make of this? Because I'm wondering who's going to teach it? Yeah, I mean, that's. I suppose that's one of the questions uh, that the teachers, will the teachers be 
Well, how will that all work in terms of will there be specific teachers working on this who will be uh, comfortable in the content that they're teaching and knowledgeable in the content that they're teaching? Um, I know speaking to parents today, a couple of the concerns around trying to fit it into the curriculum and things like that. But largely, broadly, it has been welcomed, the idea that we do live in this wonderfully diverse society and that we should have an inclusive education <coughs> and an inclusive sex education. Because even looking back to the time, I think that's used to my own sex education, something came on the telly and the telly was turned off by your parents at home. These conversations aren't necessarily happening at home. They're not necessarily conversations that parents are comfortable having. It's not that they don't want to have them. They just don't know how to do it. So to do it in conjunction with school and when you look at the the broad suggestion of what they're looking at covering, because it's so much more um, than there's gender issues, obviously, but there's um, also consent, there's well-being. There's so much in this programme that it looks like a very positive step forward in having that more inclusive education. You know, it would be impossible to educate all the teachers into uh, a competence in being able to deliver this very ambitious programme. So, I mean, do you see it like the, like the travelling salesperson, you'll have the travelling sex educator, you know, this week it's Leitrim, next week it's uh, Tipperary, that kind of thing? Me? Yeah, I'm just wondering, Sorry, Jen, is that, is that how it'll have to be delivered? Me. I don't, I don't know. Like that, I'm not sure of. I'm not sure how it will work within schools. I, I mean, I would presume that will be will be discussed with schools and whether a teacher will be assigned or whether, like you said, maybe somebody will be coming in. It's one hour over the course of the week it has to be, or at least one hour. So perhaps it will be somebody coming in. And maybe maybe there's merit in that because maybe you'll have somebody who's properly trained and qualified to, to discuss this as opposed to having a situation where you have people with very different values and different ideas and very different visions and very different levels of comfort for to talk about very, um, I suppose, intimate subjects and also subjects that need to be, you know, you have to be able to relate to, ch- to the teenagers in a different way about these topics. So maybe that maybe that is what, what will be the situation. Yeah. I'm not sure, but that's, that's going to be down to schools and yeah. the department uh, how they manage Eric, that part. Eric, how would you see it being delivered? Um, well, Jen was right in a lot of what she said there. First thing is the Dáil Education Committee has been told that many teachers will have issues delivering this content and that's probably for for a number of reasons but first of all the teachers themselves mightn't be comfortable especially if it goes outside um, what they would have experienced themselves but I know from talking to my leaving certs sometimes the students are not comfortable with the teacher who's developing who's who's um, who's passing on the content because of the, we might know them from the local community might be involved in coaching their sports teams and next thing then the same teacher could be involved in talking about intimate sexual matters with them which which some mm. students would find off-putting and also the age of the teacher the age of the person delivering it is also something that needs to be considered because if look if you've 16 17 8 year olds in front of you and you're talking to them about sexual activity or pornography or whatever the person delivering it must be at least somewhere relatable to them because uh, if a six-year-old man is delivering content to teenage girls the girls might be off put, might be put off by that do you know what i mean sure. or, or vice versa so it's very important so what i can see happening and i'm not sure if this is right or wrong because it depends on how it's going to be delivered is but what i can see happening is uh, is groups being formed and going around and delivering the content in the manner but then we have to be careful of what is the background of these groups because Look, we saw going back 20, 30 years, far 50 years ago, when the Catholic Church had a dominance over education, they delivered education in a certain manner. And now what we see, we some, we some NGOs now who will clearly develop, who will deliver their content in a manner that won't be, won't be accessible to everybody. So we have to be careful of how this is done. 
that it's not hijacked by either group on the fringes and that it's delivered in an education, okay. scientific <laughs> manner. Jen, uh, Eric mentioned in passing porn that that would have to be part of this uh, educational process. Um, very difficult, I'd imagine. I mean, many kids uh, with smartphones have access to porn. They all have access to it and many of them do access it. How do you handle that in the classroom? Yeah, I mean, I, look, it's it's a really important conversation to have because, like you just said, there it is. It's so easily accessible. Our, our teenagers have access to it, and if we don't have that conversation, then this is what they're exposed to. And this is what they think is normal. Um, I suppose again, it's a difficult one for it's a it's a difficult subject for parents to discuss with their children, an important one. But I think it can be done in conjunction with parents, and I think that's why it will be really important that throughout this program to keep parents up to date with what's going on in school so that they can support that learning from home and support those discussions from home, you know, picking their moment and choosing the right time to, to maybe raise the topic. It's not like we're going to sit down now here and have a chat about porn because no teenager is going to be open to that. But maybe over over the course of a, a, a car, going off a conversation in the car or something, that comes, I do whatever way a parent sees suitable or possible to do it but it needs to be supported in school and making sure that you have somebody who's very comfortable talking about porn because we can't there's no point in it being replicated in the classroom if somebody isn't comfortable and confident in what they're talking about but it's a vital conversation to have we need to talk about porn we need to talk about consent we need to talk about sexual violence we need to talk about expectations of girls and boys and men and when we need to talk about all these things because what they're seeing in porn is what they think is should be replicated outside and, and they'd be engaging in things they're not comfortable in so they're really vital conversations to have and we have to get past discomfort and doing involving parents in that conversation makes it easier so I do think it's something that mm. parents in schools will have to work very closely together on A couple of uh, comments coming in uh, on this one if sex education is going to start talking about transgenderism then I as a parent should have the right to remove my child from that education uh, and you know there's a lot of debate about transgenderism and how it should be diagnosed and so on and at what age it is appropriate maybe to take specific actions that is still an area of some uh, contention in the health sphere another one I'm a secondary teacher in my school senior students uh, have a double class for a six week block in six in sex ed then they rotate after those six with other subjects for six weeks such as guidance uh, career guidance and so on so that every week, two hours uh, in a block for six weeks on sex ed, then the next block will be career guidance or whatever it might be, um, which seems like a reasonably concentrated way to do it, deal with it and then move on. Eric? Yes, that's well. That's how our school operates as well. Is we we offer we, we operate in blocks of that because you don't want to spend a whole year talking about sex ed and things like that. Because uh, so so you, again, that that's the way we do it. But just to come back to your pornography element that you you moved on to there, um, this, that, that's something that's look look. We have to be cognizant that there's hardly a, a teenager in Ireland doesn't have a smartphone now. You can be guaranteed a very high percentage of those have access to pornography on their phones, and it's something. And what we're seeing now is look look in society now. Are things better or worse than number of sexual assaults? There is a growing number of sexual assaults. This is affecting girls a lot. Girls are often the victims of these sexual assaults. Boys get and and not a realistic view of what it's like to be in an intimate relationship. So when we're covering pornography, we need to cover it in a manner that can explain the harms of it and explain that life is not always like that and life is not like that. And that's a very hard thing to get across. But it needs to be done in, in a compassionate and knowledgeable and scientific manner because um, as we, if, if it's not done right and if it's not tackled, we can see the after effects now with the number of assaults growing all the time. And it's something we want to move away from. In terms of, in terms of the education, it's vital that parents are involved because ultimately 
as much as I can teach my students in school and as much as schools can deliver, parents are the primary educators of the child. That's the way, that's the way that the constitution is written. So parents need to be involved. And while no one likes talking about things like this with their, with their teenager, parents have to be involved because there's no point in the school delivering content in a certain manner and next thing the parents either ignoring it or disregarding it or not getting actively involved. The best children, the children who, who come out of their teenage years in the, in, in the most mature and in the best, the best way for the best preparation for adult life are the ones that have a, have a strong family and parent involvement as long as school supports and a whole society supports. Right. Eric Nelligan, Assistant Principal at St. Munchen's College in Limerick and Ainthu Spokesperson on Education and Jen Hogan, Columnist with the Irish Times. Uh, thank you both uh, very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.